I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Have you ever been in a situation where maybe you have a coworker who undermines you, but your boss doesn't see it and thinks your coworker is just the best? Or maybe your partner just got off a Zoom meeting and they're in a bad mood and coincidentally, they're suddenly all over you about spending too much money on Amazon (laughs) or any other kind of unfair situation where you feel like people aren't hearing what is hurting you or bothering you and don't seem to see it. If you fit any of that, then today's broadcast is for you. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. Well, hi there. So I'm so happy to be with you today. And I've got something exciting for you. We are doing a new format um, that I'm going to throw in to my regular podcast formats. And so today, I'm going to be instituting the Ask Dr. Abby um, (laughs) format of the podcast. So as you know, uh, if you've been listening, generally the podcast is all about uh, some, you know, a topic usually that someone's written it about, but I do sort of extensive research and I do a topic and I, the five ways to do this and the three things for that. And I really just go deep into something. And uh, I had this idea to do more of a riff, so to speak, um, <laughs> to really just 
talk to you a little differently uh, about questions that people send in. So if you want to have a question answered on the Ask Dr. Abby portion of the podcast, uh, which we're like we're going to do today, you can send that to Abby at abbymedcalf.com. Pretty easy. Come on, you can remember that. And uh, you might have your question answered. How do you like that? I, I reply to all emails pretty much. Uh, I, I know a few sneak through. There's a lot of them, but I always reply. Uh, those of you who've written in know I do. And um, I might not do the topic or the question if I think it's something that's just so specific or you know that no one's ever going to relate to, but you'd be surprised. Send in the question because something that you might think only you suffer, struggle with or suffer with, you'd be amazed how many people do. And if you haven't yet, please, please, please leave a review for the podcast. If you're enjoying it, it really makes a difference. It, you know, all the algorithms and all that stuff, it helps people find the podcast when you leave a review. And if you can be specific, it's great because I also, you know, I don't want to waste anybody's time. So if you can leave a specific review about why you think it's great, it helps people when they read them know, is that podcast for me or is it not for me? There you go. So I'm going to jump in. Here you go. And this came to me, and I actually put this in my newsletter a bit, but we're going to talk more about it. Um, And if you haven't subscribed to my newsletter, I don't know why. It's so much fun. But anyway, so I got this email from someone and I'm, I'm uh, just going to call her Rebecca. But basically, she had written in and saying that uh, her biggest struggle was with her mother-in-law. And I've had something, questions or struggles like this a lot. So that's why I sort of picked it out. I thought, oh yeah, this is common. And basically, she's you know going to marry this guy. We're going to call him Tom. And it, Tom, it, it's, it's Rebecca's first marriage and Tom's this is going to be Tom's second. And he his first marriage apparently was to someone in this woman and they had a horrible divorce. Um there was a lot of fighting, a lot of strife, a lot of struggle um over the kids and things like that and just and it still was very nasty and yucky in the separation because they were still sharing these children and um uh there was just tons of problems. And Tom's mom, uh, let's call her Joan. Mom Joan. <laughs> I always protect, I always change the names to protect the innocent, as you know. Joan, as you imagine, was totally on Team Tom during this. Um, and Joan's uh, you know, her husband sadly had died. And anyway, Joan is very into her grandkids and was very, and this is her, uh, she has two kids, two boys, but this Tom is the only one with kids. And so really into the grandbabies and had moved near them in her retirement to be near the kids and all that. And was so was uh, really front and center during this horrible uh, divorce and seeing Tom just miserable and being a sounding board for him and all that good stuff. So in walks Rebecca. They've been together now a couple years. He's been divorced about five years. Rebecca walks in a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, they are, they fall in love and they want to be married, da, da, da. And Joan does, is not liking Rebecca. She is, to Rebecca's account, now I haven't heard from Tom and I haven't heard from Joan, but, you know, this is Rebecca uh, letting me know that whenever she's around Joan, Joan makes, uh, you know, snide comments, takes pot shots at her. Uh, when they got engaged, 
Joan was not happy about it and let people know. She thought it was too soon and why do you have to get married? You're both, you know, a little bit older now. Uh, They're both in their uh, late 40s and she doesn't see a reason why that has to happen. She, you know, asked questions like, is there a prenup and all kinds of things, even though Rebecca's fine and probably makes more money than Tom, as she said to me. You know, it just, there's just this energy and the mom doesn't include her in things, will often do uh I guess, get this, scheduled um, last Christmas, scheduled a family photo without her um, at all. Like I can see taking some photos without her, maybe like just the kids or just the kids and Tom or something or her and the kids and Tom, but didn't even tell her about the day, didn't have her there at all, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, just ways like that, that she excludes her. And then um, when Rebecca has said things to Tom about it, like about how poorly she's being treated by his mom, he has ignored it. He's dismissed it. He says she's, quote unquote, reading too much into it, that she's overreacting, that his mom doesn't mean anything by it. Um, it's some gentle teasing or, again, she he says a lot she's reading too much into it. Like, for example, the not getting invited about the Christmas picture. He's like, oh, she forgot, you know, whatever. He He's sort of making excuses for his mom. and. You know, her, as you can imagine, she's feeling really frustrated. And again, you might have a situation like this, as I mentioned earlier, where, um, you know, someone, maybe a sibling who teases you or, uh, you know, a boss who just, you know, loves your coworker who you can't stand, whatever. There are these, these situations that come up a lot where you feel like uh, you're get caught kind of in um, this unfairness. And and I do think of myself growing up. I remember um, when my older siblings would tease me, it was, if I said anything, they would say, oh, I'm too sensitive and I can't take a joke or something like that. And you might have heard things like that. Love my siblings now. We, they don't tease me now, but you know what I mean. And so <laughs> whatever it is though, these situations can feel so unfair. You can feel completely helpless and hopeless in them. And that creates a that's that's bad that's bad juju right there. You do not want to be in a situation where you feel hopeless. And what happens is you start to get super angry and really what you're what's happening is you're starting to get enraged. You're feeling rage because rage is anger plus helplessness or hopelessness. When those two feelings come together, when you feel like no matter what you try, no matter what you do, nothing changes, uh that's when you start to feel raged. And Rate, you know, leads to ugh, frustration and resentment, uh, all kinds of bad crap. And for sure, you start thinking about this other person and all the bad things they're doing and how they're not sticking up for you and they're dismissing you and you get madder and madder the more you think about it and, oh, they're driving me crazy and, right, not good. And you can think about Rebecca and Tom and I'll give you, you know, what I, my quote unquote advice to her, my suggestions to her, uh, when you think about it, Rebecca, if Rebecca wants to stay married to Tom, wants to get married to Tom and have a happy life together, going up against the mother-in-law is not the way to go. And trying to put Tom in the middle of him, which is, trust me, what Tom is experiencing. He's thinking he has to choose between his mother, his mother and his future wife. And he doesn't want to choose, so he's out. He's just saying she's, that's why he's dismissing her. He's saying you're, you know, you're overreacting, you're too sensitive, you're you know reading too much into it. When someone is giving you that response, it's because they don't want to get in the middle. They do not want to, quote unquote, choose sides. They feel like it's a no-win situation, they don't want to do it. Now, so what happens often though is 
some, you know, you might go and confront this person. And I'll tell you, uh, I was speaking to my, when I, I sent out a newsletter again with this information and uh, my ass- assistant and I were talking, the wonderful Dana, if I don't talk about her enough, she's more than an assistant. She's like my right hand. Anyway, and we we're talking and she said, you know, as I was reading that, I realized that my first reaction, and I think most people's would have been to go to Tom and be like, you don't have my back and you need to step up and right, being really upset with Tom. And I, and the suggestion I gave in the newsletter, which I'm going to talk about today, is not to be upset with Tom. And I want to really talk about that. So when she said that, I thought, oh, I really should do a podcast on this because I think the way, you know, to approach things in these situations is really valuable for people. You know, you can really, um, I really want you to think about this more. So when we're with people who are or when we're in these situations where with people who are treating us unfairly or even think about a situation maybe, I had another client who was telling me that um, he has a friend and when they get together, this friend just is very negative and goes off on uh, all kinds of people in their lives. And just really, he feels sort of worse. He likes this friend in other ways. They go fishing together, they do stuff. Um, He really likes being with this friend a lot of the time. But then there's these times when this friend just gets so negative and he feels really sucked in to all this negativity. And he finds himself, um, you know, wanting to like fix it for the friend and, you know, make it stop or things like that. I just think there's so many ways that this shows up where we feel uh, in a relationship, like people, quote unquote, make us feel a certain way. And that's not the truth of it. No one, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt said it, right? No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Really, that should be no one can make you feel without your consent. You you, you are responsible for you in every situation. And that's the key here. You alone are in charge of your emotions and your reactions. And I know that that's easier said than done. So I'm going to help you today, of course, as I always do about what to do about that. But I need you to really take responsibility first. Otherwise, the rest isn't going to work. So this isn't, you know, in the case of Rebecca, it's not Tom's fault and it's not Joan's fault. This is where Rebecca needs to to lean in. And there's a few things Rebecca can do and you can do in these situations. And so the first thing I want you to realize is that when someone is acting in this way, when they're being negative, when they're on you, whatever that is, this unfairness, they are in fear. And your first job, so job number one is don't join in other people's fear. Don't join it. You have a choice. You do not have to go down that road with them. You absolutely do not. So that's first things first. And what I want you to do is find a higher feeling, quote unquote, and stick to that. I've talked a lot before about our sort of our the vibration of our emotions. I mean, I think you have to accept that you're a vibrational being, right? We're made up of of atoms and 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 subatomic particles, right? That that are always moving. We know this. We we this isn't this is irrefutable science about how you know what humans are that we're this energy. Um, and what happens is we are people. Other people are picking up on that all the time, and so are you. And what do I say over and over about that unconscious brain that? Again, your conscious brain is processing information at a rate of 50 bits per second, while your unconscious or subconscious brain is processing at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So 
again, that vibration that what you're putting out, what people are picking up is that, is that whatever's under there. So if Rebecca's going to her mother-in-law and she's feeling angry and hurt and pissed off and resentful and like this woman's a biatch and I hate her and blah, 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 and it's so unfair. That's what the mother-in-law is picking up on and trust me, is not going to react well to that. Again, people hear what you mean, not what you say. So you really have to get into a better vibration or a better emotion around what's going on. And so I tell people, you have to pick the higher one. And to do that, it, what's really helpful is to, to use your brain, use your logic. So in this case, let's take this case. Why is Rebecca's, uh, why, sorry, why is Joan, Tom's mom, so nasty to Rebecca? Is it because she's just a old cranky hag? Is it because she's just a mean old person in the world? Could be. But I'm going to hazard a guess that because uh, I'm a mom and I know how fiercely I love my children and I know how fiercely I feel when they are what I consider wronged, okay? And I only have teenagers and I know how I feel if I think a teacher isn't nice to them <laughs> or, or is unfair or something. Um, you know, these are not huge, uh, risky environments, right? Like getting married and having kids and all that. So here is Joan witnessing all this hell, seeing what her grandkids go through, seeing what Tom's going through. She's maybe too much of her attention is focused here. That's possible. Maybe she never grieved her own husband's death. I don't know. I, I, I don't know all this. What I know is that it's very possible that she watched all this and felt really, really hopeless and helpless about it. Felt like she couldn't change it. She couldn't control his ex-wife. She can't control right now how Tom's feeling towards her and all the the craziness that's going on, still all the strife around her grandkids. You know, she she I think has is really afraid of him getting hurt again. I it's hard not to be. And maybe she thinks it is too quick and maybe, you know, to get remarried when there's still this stuff. I don't know. What I know is that when you start to really think about it and try to put yourself in the other person's shoes, right? Let's go back to uh, grade school and hearing this, you know, put yourself in the other person's shoes. But it's true. If you really, for a moment, suspended all your anger and thought and tried to be compassionate, and that's what um, I asked Rebecca to do, be compassionate with Joan. Like, what do you think she's feeling? Where do you think this is coming from? I don't think it's personal to Rebecca. I think it's about, you know, all this other stuff. So really what I would want is for her to go to Rebecca, not to Tom. And 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 she can go to Tom too. So I'm going to get to Tom. So give me a minute here. But I, I believe her first thing is with Rebecca. And I believe that in all situations. Your first thing isn't to go to your boss about your coworker or to whatever. It's to try to figure it out with the person. Now, I, I can hear you right now going, but I did try. But I talked to my coworker and they wouldn't listen. They wouldn't change. I talked to Joan and she's still being a bitch to me. I, I can hear you now. I, I'm going to gently and lovingly in my Jewish mother loving way say, I don't know that you approach them in the best way possible. And so I'd like you to have some new tools in your toolbox about how you approach people. So if Rebecca was to go to Joan and start uh, sacking, remember, <laughs> you know, uh, giving suggestions, offering advice or criticizing Joan, and it's criticizing to tell someone 
that they are, you know, you're being mean to me and I don't know if you realize it, but you're really mean to me and I don't appreciate all this and I don't deserve it and blah, 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 that no one is going to react well to that. I don't think. I don't know. It hasn't worked in my lifetime. Trust me, I've tried it. It hasn't worked. And so you really, I remember uh, I talk a lot about being, do you want to be correct or do you want to be effective? So you can be correct. Rebecca's correct. Joan, uh, should, Joan should not treat her this way. It's not Rebecca's fault what the ex-wife did. Um, and Rebecca is, is, has a, you know, completely different relationship with Tom, I'm sure. But is it effective to be so correct or right about it and to tell Joan off or to be pissed at her or to yell at Tom for not being, you know, more supportive? It's, it's not going to be effective. It's if, if, and to me, what's effective? Effective is you have a good relationship with Joan. You guys work this out. You have, because no matter what, if you're going to marry this man and spend the rest of your life with him, you and Joan are going to have to figure out a relationship, just the two of you, that doesn't involve Tom. If you want to have a serene, happy, calm place. Yeah, you can ignore your mother-in-law the rest of your life. You could try, but these grandkids are in the picture. She's not going anywhere. I could tell you that. Joan ain't going anywhere. I mean, if Joan lives in another state and you never have to, you only have to see her once a year, I guess you can. But I would really hope that for your love of Tom, in this case, that you try to find a way to make it work because it will make it easier for Tom and you love Tom and you want him to be happy. So why not try? And so what do I talk about all the time is to ask questions, to be direct and ask questions. Now, let me say first. So the first thing for Rebecca would be to find this compassion first because having an accusatory intent, like, oh, I'm going to get her, you know, I'm going to ask these questions. She's going to realize how wrong she is and what a biatch she is and whatever else. I'm using that word a lot today. Uh, do you see, remember the 50 million versus 11 million bits? She, Joan is going to pick up on that accusatory, you know, I'm, I'm going to catch you. You're going to see how wrong you are. I am justified in my anger. You're being, you're being correct, not effective. And Joan's going to pick up on that energy and you're not going to get the solution you want. I'm telling you right now, same with your coworker, same with anybody else. If you go in there with that intent, they're going to pick up on it. And I use the example all the time, you know, <laughs> if, if you're at home and your partner comes home, you're in the other end of the house even, and they come home in a bad mood, you can tell they're in a bad mood within seconds of them entering the house, even though you haven't seen them, <laughs> even though you haven't even talked to them yet. Uh, and certainly the moment you walk in a room, you pick up on that energy. That's that 11 million bits. I'm just saying to you. And you know also, like you've been talking to someone and they're saying all the right things to you, but in your head, your BS meter's going off and you're like, what are they doing? What are they talking about? I don't like this person. I don't believe this person. That's that unconscious bits, people. That's it. So you know it's true. You you feel it yourself. You need to understand that people are feeling it from you. No one's this good an actor. They're feeling it. So- you want to get into that first before you ask any questions. So before Rebecca calls Joan, she needs to really have that compassion of like, okay, Joan's had a really hard time through this divorce. This has been really tough for her. Uh, I have to take that into account. The other thing you have to take into account is that you have to connect to correct. I say this all the time. So if Joan, if Rebecca just goes right in trying to correct Joan's behavior, it's not going to work. They're not connected. They don't have a relationship yet, yet. So really what I'd want Rebecca to do is to leave aside these snide remarks and instead look for ways to connect to Rebecca. And again, do that through questions. And so 
I would start with what seems obvious, which is this horrible divorce that she had a witness. And so uh, she might start with something like... um, Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, after that, after that horrible divorce, I can imagine you're worried about Tom and me. Is that true? Are you? How do you feel about that? Or even, you know, I... I you know, I see how upset Tom gets with whatever the ex-wife's name is. How do you do with all that? Where, you know, I, I see how it's always nice to have a little affirmation there if you can do that. You can say, I see how devoted you are to Tom and the and your grandkids. Um, how do you cope with everything that's been happening? You know, really try to get, really be curious. You have to be curious, but see if you can't get inside that. And you also can say something more direct. You know, you've seemed upset with me. Is there anything I've done that you can let me know? Is there anything you want to ask me? Is there anything you want to tell me? And the other person will often be say something like, well, I'm not upset with you, usually in an upset tone, which is always funny. And you can just say, and then you can even ask another question. Well, why do you think I think you're upset with me? That's a great question to ask. Well, it's what I'm feeling. Can you shed any light onto why I'd be feeling this way? And they might say to you, well, I don't know why you're feeling what you're feeling, you know, da, da, da. And that could happen. And again, just keep asking questions. Like, well, okay, even the way you're talking to me now, I have to say, it seems like you're upset. Seems like you don't like me. And you can, I've said that to people. I'm getting the impression you don't like me. Is that a correct impression? And if they say, well, no, I like you fine. I'll say, I'll ask them, oh, well, I'm getting this other impression, you know, and I might say, can can you imagine why I'm getting that impression? Um, or do you want to know why I'm getting that impression? You can ask that. You can say, do you want to know why? And then if they say yes, wait for the answer, <laughs> depending on what they say, you can then give them feedback there about, you know, well, the other day when I said this and you said that, it seemed like you were upset with me. Uh, again, try not to say you were pissed when you did this, you know, People don't like that. You, you ask it like a question. It seemed like I had the impression that, uh, you know, this is how my experience was in that situation. And you can ask them, how was your experience? Did did I come across in a weird way? This is how you connect with people on a feeling level. Because at the very end of the day, what's really going on is all this conflict avoidance. People are trying to avoid the conflict, but instead there's this passive aggressive behavior. There's all this nastiness, you know, there's all this like under the table kind of things that are happening. And that doesn't get us anywhere. And that that's where all that yuckiness is. Um, one thing I've asked a lot, I've mentioned this question before, is something like if there's one, you know, 
Rebecca could say to Joan, you know, Joan, um, I really want to get to know you better. Can we spend some time together? Uh, and you, and in that time, you might ask something like, if there's one thing I could do to strengthen our relationship, what would it be? Or if there's one thing that would make you, that would have you feeling confident and really trusting of my relationship with Tom, what would is, what is it that you would see to, to, what would I be doing? What would I be saying for you to feel that way? Um, all of these are ways to get to the end, to get to something where you can't give anyone an aha. It's not going to happen. And, but asking questions, people often will have their own ahas. And it's possible that Joan doesn't even realize it's totally unconscious what she's doing. Uh, it probably is actually with Rebecca. And what happens when you confront people in a certain way, we all have a self-concept of ourselves. And let's say Joan's self-concept is that she's a loving, wonderful mother and grandmother and friend or whatever, uh, devoted, loyal, all those things. So if Rebecca comes at her saying something that goes outside of that self-concept, like, hey, you're being mean to me, you're not being nice, da-da-da, she she's going to defend that because that doesn't go with her self-concept. So instead, that's why you sort of join first and really ask these questions because you can't fight people's self-concept. They'll defend that to the end often. And you know, you've been in those situations. And this again could happen at work when you have that coworker who is just driving you nuts and they're undermining you, et cetera. You want to speak directly to that. And uh, you might, so you might say to the coworker, let's say they just really undermined you and took credit for something you did. That That's, I've gotten those questions a lot. You might go to them and you might say to them, hey, uh, can I can I have a, first of all, always ask permission to talk. Hey, do you have 15 minutes so we can talk? Or I really want to talk to you about something. Do you have some time? Is now a good time? And wait for the answer because make sure they really have time. Okay. And then if they say yes, go sit somewhere with them. Go be private. Go go somewhere. Let them know this isn't just like we're passing in the hall having this conversation. Or if they say yes and they're still staring at their phone, like that's not it. Say to them, well, it's you're still looking at your phone. It sounds like now isn't a good time. Can we, again, do it nicely? Can we, can we schedule something? However that is. But what you might say to that coworker in that instance is, uh, and one of my favorites is, how do you, th- how do you think our relationship is going? Or what do you think of me? What are three words you'd use to describe me? Or uh, one of my favorites is to use a scale of one to six. On a, and a, on a scale of one to six, uh, how much? How do you think our relationship is? Six, it's really good. We're really collaborative. We work great together. One, it sort of sucks and w- we don't have a good connection. And why I like one to six, I've said this before, is because you have to come down on one of the sides. So if you say one, two, or three, it's more towards the negative. Four, five, or six is more towards the positive. It gives you, there's no middle. You know, you never want to ask like one to five or something where they could say three and three is really not an answer to anything. So you want to have them kind of weigh down on one side or the other. And you want to start that conversation. And again, you can, they might even say to you, why are you asking this? What's going on? And that's when you can say, well, I, I haven't really felt good about our relationship. I personally feel sort of undermined by you and I have trouble. I, I'm struggling with our relationship and I want to make it better. And you don't even in that moment, because they might say, well, what do you mean I undermined you? When was that? Da, da, da. They might kind of go there. And again, you want to stop that because you don't want to get into a he said, she said, or proving your point or anything. You can get there later. Remember, you have to connect to correct. You can get there later. But for now, what you really want to do is, again, ask something like, well, do you really not feel this? Do you feel like we're close and work great together? Do you really like me a lot? 
And I, you know, people generally, when you really put their feet to the fire like that, will finally get real in some way. Sometimes it's just a little bit. Like they might hate you and just say, "Well, I do have trouble with you sometimes when you blah blah blah," and they and they'll get all on you and the stuff you're doing. Try to accept that in and just listen. Just listen. Don't defend it. Don't push it off. And instead, you can say, all right, well, if there's one thing I could do to make our relationship better, what would it be? If there's one thing I could do to help uh, gain your trust, to have us be more trusting together, what would that be? You want to... What you're seeing in everything I'm saying is that you give first. You be the one first. And I say this to people all the time. So listen up. The one in the most pain needs to change first. Your coworker at work, they're not in pain with you. They're screwing you over. They don't care. Your uh, Joan isn't in pain with Rebecca. She's doing her thing. Rebecca's in pain. You're in pain, right? These you, The one in the most pain needs to change first. And that means you're the one who has to go forward. Again, do you want to be correct or you want to be effective? And you have to have in your head, I need to connect to correct. I need to make that connection first. I need to ask these questions. I need to, I need to give first before I expect a lot back. And you're going to need to do that. If you don't want to do that, quit the job, uh, you know, to call off the engagement with Tom, whatever, you know, this, it's not going to work another way, really. And you're going to end up with people again, being passive aggressive and these constant problems. So a lot of this is, you know, setting our ego aside a little and moving on. Now I told you I'd come back to Tom a little bit with Rebecca and I will. So if Rebecca does want to talk to Tom, about his mom. Again, you sh- I would start with questions like, "Hey, can you, you know, you know I'm struggling with your mom a little and I'm working on I'm going to work that out. I'm really working on that." Um, I was wondering if you could help me. What what was her relationship really like with your ex? You know, I would ask more questions about that relationship. My guess is that she really trusted his ex for a long time and maybe even felt close to her. I don't know. And now feels really betrayed and is having trouble trusting in this in this thing. But who knows? I would ask more questions. Maybe she was maybe she was horrible to the to the ex-wife from the beginning. Maybe no one was good enough for her little Tommy. I don't know. But I would ask more questions about that. And then I would, again, just talk to him about, you know, do you have any suggestions about how I can be better with your mom? Like, what have you seen work with your mom? Anything like that. Just try to get the conversation moving. And he might say, well, just stop overreacting and ignore her or something. And you and you can answer it. Like, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't actually don't think I'm overreacting. So I want to really make a good relationship with your mom. I'm committed to that. And any help you can give would be great. And you telling me to just not worry about it isn't working, obviously, because I'm here talking to you about it. So if you could answer something other than that, what would it be? If it was, you know, if it wasn't about dismissing it, if it wasn't about ignoring it, what would it be? You know, give me anything. You've known her longer than I have. What do you got? And you can see from all this that there's a whole new way of being. And again, you have to be truly curious. Don't do this without being truly curious. And you got to have a loving intention. And that's how you find solutions to anything, no matter what really we're talking about. You know, you can't control your boss. You can't control your siblings, your mother-in-law, you know, anyone else, but you can definitely control yourself and your reactions to things. And I want you to be clear that your reactions come from your own emotional state of being. And so here's what I'm going to leave you with. The thing you can do right now to improve all this is 
your emotional state of being how you are in the moment is re- and you know this is really what ha- how you're reacting to things uh when you're in a low vibrational emotional vibrational state when you're in despair hopelessness helplessness anger resentment rage all those good things jealousy you are not going to have good outcomes you're not because you're not thinking creatively your amygdala is turned on that f- fight flight or freeze part of your brain you are in a bad state my friend and it's not going to work <laughs> So, and, and you're going to be very reactive to things from that scared, you're in a fear-based emotion. All of these are fear-based emotions and you're going to have a fearful response. So when someone says something to you, you're going to be extra sensitive to it. Like, I knew it. There she is. She's being mean. She's doing da-da-da. And it's more proof for your, you know, you got all this evidence now of how poorly you're being treated, but no way to fix it. And so- Really what you want to, when you're in a higher vibrational state of emotion, what I call the love-based emotions, when you're in that patience and compassion and kindness and thoughtfulness and all altruism and all that generosity and all that good stuff, when you're in that state and someone comes at you with something, you're much, it's much easier to move past it very quickly and not let it hit home, you know, not let that that bomb really drop into your, into your body. And that and that from that higher vibration again your prefrontal cortex is lit up the part of your brain in charge of problem solving and long-term planning and judgment and your values and your rational thinking, when that's keyed on, uh, then you can really be more responsive and not defensive. And you can really be into more of getting that connection instead of uh, the disconnection. And so I want you to ask yourself this. If you had to describe yourself right now, with one emotional word, what would it be? And I'd like you to do that consistently. I'd like every morning when you wake up to think to yourself, uh, or every night before you go to bed, or during the day, every lunchtime, whenever you want to do it, I want you to think, if I had to describe myself in one emotional word right now, what would it be? And I want you to notice if you say anxious or depressed or overwhelmed or resentful or angry or impatient or any of those things, you realize that you're in a lower vibrational state. And from there, I want you to pick, choose a higher vibrational thought, which will give you a higher vibrational feeling. And so, and I've talked about this a lot, you know, I want you to actually think to yourself, well, from the state, what what am I going to get? It's not going to be good stuff. And you might say to yourself, oh, but this and but that and but that. Nope, 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 nope. Those are the excuses. And those are the, you know, you can always pick something a little higher on the scale. Now, I'm not saying if you're suffering from severe clinical depression and you're lying in bed that you're supposed to be, you know, Pollyanna and happy-go-lucky, but most of you are not lying in bed with severe clinical depression. Most of you, you know, you're listening and you're in a different state. Um, And I don't want you to be Pollyanna anyway, no matter what your state. I'm just saying pick a higher vibration. Well, right this minute, I'm okay. Right this minute, let me think of some things I'm grateful for that I appreciate. Right this minute, what do I appreciate? What Maybe it's just that you're uh, warm in your house and it's cold outside. Or maybe you're lying in bed when you think of this and you think of how nice the sheets feel and how comfortable your bed is and how nice it is to, it's a Saturday morning, you have the day ahead of you. I don't know. Appreciate something in the moment. It can be very, very small. But what happens is appreciation is a higher vibrational feeling. And you're just pushing yourself there a little bit. And it's a little easier then to turn on that prefrontal cortex, to be in problem solving, to be into those higher vibrational emotions, like again, compassion and loving and patient and kind. It's you're not going to get there just by sitting in those those more negative emotions. So that's what I want to leave you with today. If you had to describe yourself with one emotional word, what would it be? And I want you to think about that. 
Okay, that's it for today. Woo! I hope you like this rendition of Ask Dr. Abby uh, in the Relationships Made Easy podcast. Uh, and I would love to have your feedback. Do you, and again, you can email me and let me know. You can leave comments wherever you uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, you can you know, send a smoke signal, whatever you want. But I would love to hear what your thoughts are. And if you have a question you want answered, again, abby at abbymedcalf.com. I'd love to answer it. Have an amazing week. I love spending time with you. I really do. And I hope today brought you so much, uh, just good information, usefulness, and a feeling of hope for this week. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.